Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show with two Rugby League tragics talking everything Rugby League on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I am the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, you wanted the best and you got the best. It's the hottest podcast in rugby league land. It's Carpool Rugby League. We're back. Um, we're well and truly into the uh, World Cup. We've got plenty of World Cup talk coming up this week. Also, plenty happening in the world of NRL signings. We've got a leaked draw. We've got player movement, coaches' movements. Griffo's got some... Um, oh, well, he's got a couple of segments today and a bit of a bit of a new one. I hear he's, uh, I hear he's proposing, so he might have to well, get it's down. It's a one-off, Graham. It's a one-off? It's a one-off. <laughs> We're not proposing everything. <laughs> You'll see it when we get there. We've got the grab. We've got a lot of usual things that we're going to talk about here. And even though it's uh, we're well into November, there's still plenty to talk about in the world of rugby league, isn't there, Griffo? There is so much to talk about. And uh, it's after that you say it's the world of rugby because, of course, we've got the World Cup still going, we- uh, which has uh, dominated my mornings. Uh, um Changed my morning routine. I'm now sitting and having breakfast while the well, the rugby league's on, as opposed to just listening to uh, sort of the the programs on the radio. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's definitely it's, definitely changed everyone's midnight routine. Instead of getting up for a piss and going back to sleep, we'll all chuck on Fox Sports and see what's happening in the footy. Um, four teams left. We'll talk about that a bit later. Obviously, Australia, New Zealand's a big one. Um, I've actually just seen a um, a squad for that game for the uh, for the yeah, Aussies. Yeah, nineteen so we'll, man. We'll talk about that because there's been a lot of talk in the podcast over the past um, few weeks as to when we come to the biggest games, who's going to feature. Also, England and Samoa. Um, they're meeting for the second time in this tournament. Uh, Samoa, I'd imagine, would be putting up a much better performance than what we saw last time. Um, they have definitely improved over the competition. Uh, but, but probably, I suppose, the biggest news from NRL land uh, in this time of year, Griffo, usually is the signings and the player movements. We've also got some coach movements. Um, obviously, the biggest one that's been happening over the past few months, um, well, it's official now, Anthony Seabold will be the new head coach at Manly. Uh, three-year deal starting in 2023. Um it's it's a it's a mixed bag. I mean, obviously Anthony Seabold, I know he was quoted as saying that he is a good coach. Uh, many fans of clubs where he has been, and Manly fans uh, are unsure of that. We even joked off air that it uh, we should have uh, had a Graham's gaff this week, and it could even have been the appointment of Seabold. It's a, it's a tough gig because he's been basically asked to fix what's going on at Brookvale. Uh, we'll just get a get a quick comment. I know we've talked about it a fair bit, and we know that Des Hasler, um, well, pretty much the start of the downhill slide was the, the Pride jersey saga, and then obviously performance on field. It wasn't a great end to his um, his tenure there for Desi. But just, uh, just a brief thought on Anthony Seabold uh, being the Manly coach next year. Well, I'm not a Manly supporter, and I know... 
or at least one Manly supporter who's not thrilled about it. But, you know, in saying that, they didn't have a great year this year. Um, I'm not a fan of Seabold, but he's landed the job. Um, so congratulations to him. He's got a three-year contract. Um, he's got uh, Shane Flanagan as his assistant, who's a premiership-winning coach. Um, so he's got back up there. Whether that's a good thing or not, I'm not quite sure. Whether it's an insurance policy that the the Manly mm. board have taken out, um, but you know the guy's managed to get himself a a, a job. Um, I don't understand it, but uh, balls in his court, really, isn't it? Um, and and to be fair, Manly's uh, success or otherwise, really. It's not, I don't think it's as much about the coaches as what is about the uh, fitness of one Tommy Turbo Chaboyevich. <laughs> yeah. uh, if Tommy's fit, Manly go well. Tommy's not fit, uh, Manly don't go well. Uh, so mm, that's, you know, Seabold could, could get him into, you know, a, a position well up the ladder if Tommy Turbo's fit. Tommy Turbo gets injured again. Uh, don't matter if you're Anthony Seabold or, or, or Craig Bellamy, Manly ain't going to succeed. That's the bottom line. It has been for probably the past five years. So it's, it's all about Turbo. Mm. Not so much about the coach, I don't think. Mm. And they've still got a really good squad uh, underneath them. I mean, you mentioned there Shane Flanagan. Um, the other assistant, I think, over there is Jim Dimmy. So Jim there's Dimmick, some, yeah. some oh, names there that. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And as you said there, it's. Yeah, you know, maybe Manly are looking at this realistically. We know these days that it's not so much just the head coach. There's a coaching staff and the whole team um, of coaches uh, are working together on this. Um, but really, when we look at Manly, yeah, we'll talk about the coach, but I think you hit it on the head there. It's your Tom Trebojevic, your Jake Trebojevic, your, Ch- your Daily Cherry Evans, um, your Olakowatu, you know, Josh Schuster's, there's all these players You've got the here. names there. That, that's exactly right. And this is where we look at it now and we say, okay, Manly, if it was an issue with Des and they were looking for new personnel and the coaching staff, they've got that now. It, it, it's, if the players are happy and, you know, it all works under Seabold, this could be a great success for him and I hope uh, to a certain extent it is, obviously not the detriment of my own team. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, Griffo, and it's, it's very hard given that it's only November. But given what we know about their squad, say their squad's fit for the whole season, um, knowing that you've got Seabold and Flanagan and Dimmick there, is this a team at this stage, this very early stage, where Manly fans are starting to look at next year? And I think, you know, we got, they're going back to, to training um, around about now. Is this a team that you would see as a top eight team next year? Manly are a top eight team if Tommy Turbo's fit and well. Yep. Irrespective of who the coach is. <laughs> we could be coaching them and Turbo will get them there. Uh, maybe you. <laughs> I don't know about me. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it, as I said, if Seabold is the coach, or Des Hasler is the coach, or Shane Flanagan is the coach, 
or you know the Carpool Rugby League team are coaching them, if they got fit and well, Tommy Turbo and all those other guys are on the field fit and well, they're top eight side. Anything less than that's a failure. So, um, you know, if if Turbo stays fit, they'll make the eight, and, and um, you know management will say well you know we brought in this guy he got us to the eight we yeah. made the eight last year yeah um but the flip side is you know if they don't make the eight and see and uh turbo's fit then he's a failure yeah it's not a good look for seabold is it no not at all but no. you know if if tommy turbo's out injured then then he's got his escape clause you know didn't make the eight Tommy turbo's not fit but um there's no other side in the competition really that can say, well, you know, um, uh, Tommy Turbo's not fit, therefore we make the eight. Mm. It's just power. You know, I don't think there's another team who relies so much, much on one player. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah, Penrith rely on Cleary, but oh, nah, yeah. but yeah. not to the same extent. <laughs> he yeah. was he was missing for enough this year for them to yeah, show well, he that. Yeah, they games. You know, yeah. they brought in O'Sullivan and they still won. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Manley's, you know, he's a, it's, it's, is the X Factor? No other team. There's no other team that relies no. so much on one player. And and that's and, uh, yeah, that's a very interesting thing too because you got to wonder what they're. I mean, if they're looking long term, um, you know, I don't know if they should be looking at succession plans for coaches as much as um, you know for for when they're not turbocharged. And he has had a rough run with injuries. I think to to be fair on Manly, um, if they have a season where their big guns are all fit throughout the year, they'll give a fair indication of how they're going. And I feel like, um, yeah, I, I feel like the personnel on the field may influence factors and decisions that are made off the field. I think if they don't do well, um, and they've got their players on deck, um, you know, they could be calling for Seabold's head very early. Yeah. And, but um, I'd say this, Graham. Look at uh, 2021. Manly made the top four. They were in the last four. Correct. Um, Tommy Turbo played a small number of games, but took out the Dally M because he was man mm. of the match almost every week. Yeah. And no one disputed he was the best player in the year, even though we missed a lot of games. Um, but Manly, they absolutely hammered all teams except Penrith, except South Sydney, and I think there was one other, the other team that made the, the Melbourne Storm. Melbourne Storm finished my Melbourne premiers Storm. that year. Yeah. Ryan Girdler came out earlier in the year and called him the flat track, flat track boys, boys, right. and he popped a heap, but he was right. He was absolutely right. So when Manly were even at their best, player fitness-wise, they could beat everyone, but mm. they could not lay a glove on the really hmm. big dogs of the competition. They got hmm. smashed. Yeah, the minor premiers and the grand finalists. They got smashed by the proper rugby league sides. Um, so if you're, you know, I mean, yeah, they, they, they had these record scores. So every week they were pumping teams, except the good ones. Hmm. So um, whether that's coaching, I'm not quite sure, but um, if they got their best players, they're going to be up there. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win the comp, but they'll be they'll top eight, no doubt. Mm. Well, it was a different story this year. I mean, as you said in twenty twenty one, that year you were referring to when they came fourth, 
uh, 16 wins, 8 losses. Uh, this year, <clears throat> 9 wins, 15 losses. It's almost a, a, a reversal. People didn't necessarily see that, hap- see that happen. And not only did they miss the 8, they were 10 points off 8th position. I think yeah, that's what people are forgetting. Dep- you know, they, were they, they, they were a fair way off the pace this year. So I can see from Manly's point of view something. They wanted to do something that had to be seen to be doing something. Um, I'm very skeptical as to whether what they did was the answer. But, you know, you look, you, you got to understand that something had to be done. And usually when they're looking for a change that something's got to be done with the club, uh, the coach is the person. Um that is the uh, yeah I, I don't I didn't want to use the word scapegoat but they're usually the person that uh, they look to first so um, different personnel there at Manly uh, we've also got some players um, who are well, a lot of re-signings I suppose a couple of players moving clubs but um, I suppose in regards to the latest signing news over the past week or so um, Aaron Shoop the Shoop Dog he's off to the Shoop Titans. Dog. Yeah, three-year deal. So, I mean, if you're a shoot dog, you might as well be on the Gold Coast. Uh, he's only a young exactly. fella. I think um, 21 years old. He's a good player. And, yeah, it was, it was an interesting one too. I don't know if the, the Bulldogs are looking to to free some cap space because I think... They have was, to be. They yeah, have to be. He was signed up to the end of 2024. He asked for a request. They said, yep, go for it. Join the Titans. We know there's some big names coming to the Bulldogs. Um so, uh, big move for him. It'll be interesting to see. I think that's a good signing for the Titans, some some young talent. I feel like the Titans are one of those clubs there. They've got a lot of young talent. They've just got to get it all in the right places. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like in regards to outside backs especially, every year with the Titans, we're going, oh, here's a new exciting outside back, and they've got these players coming through. They're just. I feel like they've just got to get the balance right across the team. I think they're on the, the way to doing that, Graham. I think they've made some good signings. You've got Kieran Four and going there for Manly. Now, yeah. Um, if they can get Kieran Four and to just pop his Seagull, Sea Eagles, sorry, not Seagulls, different bird. <laughs> um, the old, different, the old, I was going to say, yeah, the old yeah, Gold um, Coast team. They, yeah. If he can pop the maroon and white underneath the, whatever it is, a pale blue, yellow, and bit of white in thrown in the ocean blue and the sand yeah world. yeah um he's never played anywhere near his best when he hasn't been playing for manly that's my only worry about it but I, he's the sort of guy that can steer him around they've got plenty of young talent but they lack leadership and direction this year um so they've also signed i think the, the great signing for them is sam verrills that's a big sign. quality number nine quality number nine Massive. So, on paper, I think they might have signed one or two others as well. Um, but I don't think they've lost too many. So, on paper, they they look good. Um, mm. But that's the thing. A lot of sides look okay on paper, but then get out in the field and they don't quite live up to the names they've got. But uh, I think they've got some good signings. I, I think Shoot Dog's a handy player. So... Um, yeah, they, they had a poor year, the Coast, but I think next year, well, I think they'll go better. Um, how much better, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's that's the main question. And obviously, they're looking towards getting that that top eight spot. Um, they were one of those teams I think a lot of people had a, some big expectations of this year. And 
they also seem to be one of those clubs where big players don't necessarily, um, you know, meet their expectations. So we'll see how we go there. Uh, they do have some some young players that are signed uh, long term. Uh, players like uh, AJ Brimson, um, both uh, firmers signed long term. One of the players who we know is coming off contract there, and it's looking like might look elsewhere, is David Fafida. We're hearing all sorts of rumours about where he is. There's about four or five clubs that are interested. Just quickly before we move on from the Titans, David Fafida, he seems like the type of bloke that um, I think he's ready for a pay cut, and I feel as though fans of you know the clubs that are involved, whoever they may be, there's a lot of speculation and rumours as to who they might be. I think a lot of fans will think, yeah, Fafita would be great, but we don't want to pay a lot of money for him. I think this young man's in for a bit of a pay cut based on what's happened oh, in the last years. Massive. I mean, he's on like one point two million, which um, good luck to him. Good luck. I mean, yeah, look, he's made <clears> he's made <throat> enough money to set himself up for life, really, in a couple of years. So, mm. um, good luck to him. Uh, look, he's at his best. He's the most damaging ball runner in the game. Um, we just don't see it enough, and um, you know what? So if he's on one point two, say if he, look, if you've got him for six hundred to seven hundred thousand, I think he's a good signing. If you need a back rower, um, and, but you've got to have guys inside him who can get him, bring the best out of him. Um, so you need a good organising, good talking half back. A fullback who's telling him where to be, basically. I mean, he's destructive. Mm. He, he's he's a wrecking ball, but we just don't see the consistency from him. Um, but if you can get him for about half of what he's on at the moment, um, you know, I, I think I, I don't know, but I think a club like Para who've lost, you know, lost some some forward mm. uh, power. Yeah. I think Slotted they should be. Popular. He was. Well, absolutely, they should be. Yeah. I don't know how they're going salary cap wise, but they've lost a few. Mm. I think he'd be. Uh, if I was power, I'd be looking at that guy. Um, the I was going to say the rumors are that um, the the money that clubs are looking to spend on him is in the seven fifty ballpark. Um, I think that's still a bit much, <clears throat> but. And that the clubs, the, the report was that there are four clubs that are looking at him. Um, one of those is the Titans looking to retain him. Okay, but at half the price, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and they're, 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 but well, they've I given think, him some good cash, so yeah. I think what the, what, the, um, what the speculation is, though, and I'd imagine from his manager is saying, well, look, if you can get 750 at the Titans, um, you might be able to get similar elsewhere. But you see, the other clubs involved, you've got the Raiders, the Dragons, and the other team that came um, came up last week as that fourth club were the Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs? Yeah. Wow. So they've, um, they're the four clubs that... Um, oh, this is David Riccio at the uh, Telegraph is reporting. He's saying okay. there are four clubs, Raiders, Rabbitohs, Dragons, and Titans who are looking at... Um, Fafita and 750 seems to be. Oh, you're a Robbie Tools man, Graham. Well, what do you say? Uh, look, if we can fit him under the cap, go for it. I, 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 
I'm not sure how it would all pan out. Um, I feel like it may mean... I'd have to look at who's off contract for South over the next couple of years because I know that uh, the priority for South Sydney was to re-sign Latrell Mitchell. Um, we also know that um, as a part of that, they're looking at Cook and also Cody Walker, um, who are coming off contract. You're not going to fit more on your cup if you're trying to no, so, at three quarters of a mil. And look, I'll be honest with you, there'll be Rabbitohs fans who say, look, we've, we've had a great run out of Damian Cook. If he leaves at the end of 2023 and Peter Mamazula shows some, um, shows some promise, perhaps yeah. investing elsewhere might be the way to go. Um, but, uh, yeah, very, very interesting to see that they're, they're on that list. I mean, I'd love to have him, but I, I just have to, you know, I mean, they're crunching the numbers, but as a fan, you'd have to look at it and go, yeah, who are we losing in, in re- regards to, to gaining him? You'd have to weigh up that, um, that cost versus benefit. So, I mean, I know that South do have some players coming off contract, um, at the end of 2023 and some, you know, I'd imagine Tom Burgess, unless he has a cracker of a year this year. I mean, he's still playing good football, but... Oh, he's still playing good football. How and, old is he now? So, oh, the Burgesses. I actually feel like the Burgess boys would be in their 30s. I think they're... I actually think they're 30 now, the, the Twins, so would be 31 next year. So you'd be looking at oh. signing a 32-year-old for 2024 and Tom Burgess. Well, I think I think, I think he's, still, he's still your main prop, uh, personally. Mm. What he's doing for England at the moment, I, I think he's, I think he's very good, Tom Burgess. The, the, it was interesting that Fafita came up in the conversation because there are some players who are uh, back rowers who are off contract at South. So you, Jacob Host, Cheekham, Cartwright. Um, None of those will be on big money though. Right? It's even, not money. No, but I, I don't know if it's one of those situations where you shed a few blokes. You bring a young bloke through the system, and then the the money goes, you know, through to them. Um, but yeah, I, I think the key players for South, the only key ones that aren't signed beyond twenty twenty three, are Walker and Cook. I mean, blokes like Totola, Isaiah Tass, Isaac Thompson, your Cam Murray's, your David Mowalis, now um, Shaq Mitchell, um, Latrell's the other one that obviously has got to be signed. But we're hearing that's that's just about a done deal and it sounds yeah. like a very expensive one at that, but um, well, we know he's so very important. Be, yeah. yeah, he's... So, look, uh, as I said, I mean, that's a long-winded way of me saying they'd have to shuffle the decks and um, make use of the juniors coming through. Um, not out of the question, but I'd be very interested to see how they do it with the cap, and I'm not sure that they could do it without one of those big three in uh, Cook, Latrell, and Walker. Um, possibly not signing. So I was a bit of a watch this space for, for, for that one there, but uh, I think that's going to be the talk of the next uh, the next little while, the signing news. I think Fafita is going to be that main name that people uh, focus on. Well, the other news is in regards to, to re-signings. We know that uh, Robson signed an extension with the Cowboys, uh, so they'll be looking to continue their good form. For it's a good sign for them. I think so too. I think, yeah. been, I think he's been great. And... Um, the thing that I, I really like is the fact that they're rewarding that, that hard-working player. You know, a lot yeah. of times we hear about the flashy players that are scoring the tries and making the line breaks. Um, like Mark Nichols. 
<laughs> Smashing, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, now the Dolphins. Mark, but, Mark E signing for the Dolphins. But the like, he's just a tackling machine. I, I don't have him in front of me, but his stats for this year, I remember looking at it, yeah. it's been absolutely phenomenal. And I think the the key thing for the Cowboys, we talk about this spine and the importance of the spine in the modern day game. They've now basically locked in their spine for the next two years. I think that's yeah. very key for them. Yeah, they're um, they're in a good position, the Cowboys. Yep. Good position. Um, um, they got built on what they did this year, though. They they, they all go backwards. So, but yeah, I don't. I, th- I think they'll still be up there. Good, good league team under a good coach. Yeah, and that uh, I was going to mention the coach because they're one of those clubs where I think the coach has had a massive impact. Um, the Tigers they're looking to sign players to try and turn around what was an awful year this year. The latest of those players that have gone over there on a one year contract is uh, Will Smith. Now, um, how about that, Tigers fans? Yeah. <laughs> how about that? That's right. That's a, a, that's not, is that a slap in the face for, for the Tigers? <laughs> you can put a slap in the face or will, I believe. <laughs> well, look, if he's not going to turn it around, if he's not going to be turning the other cheek, we know that... Um, oh. Just on the Tigers, okay, they signed him. The other signing we talked about the other week was Charlie Staines. Um, I actually think the Tigers... Got the better of that deal in regards to um, longevity. But I think they were still. I think they were paying Peachy a bit more. That was a money thing. I think that was a money thing. They got Coruscant and Papaliti coming over. They're they're two top quality, quality players. Quality. They're, they're bringing over two you know players, grand finalists. Um, All the talk is Graham that Johnny Bateman's going to come out. They're going to pay you. I they heard said they'll that pay too. A, uh, Transfer fee, I think, is a quarter of a million. They're happy to pay it to, I think, he's at Wigan Warriors. So, um, and we know how good he was for Canberra. If they can have, I mean, if they've got Coruscant in there at number nine, um, Papali'i and Bateman in that back row, there, there is some talent there. Um, it's just getting it across the park. I feel like some they're the type of club that will get really strong in one position at the detriment of a. You know, and they're really weak in a couple of others. And it's, yeah. So we'll see how we go there with the with the Tigers. Um, usually we'd say that only one way is up. There's more teams next year, so they could actually go worse. So we'll see sure. how we go. Oh, I, I, I think they'll, they won't win the spill next year. I, I think they'll, I think they will improve Tigers. Yeah. If yeah, we get Bateman, yeah. well. I think that's a, that, that yeah, could that's be, a that's a massive sign. signing. I reckon he's. When, when you look at the impact he had when he came over to Canberra, um, yeah, massive. Um, I mentioned Shaq Mitchell uh, signed a contract extension that will see him move into the top 30 next year for South Sydney. Um, good news story, I suppose, for Latrell Mitchell's older brother. Uh, he played a few games for South this year. Um, obviously, South looking to increase the depth of their forward pack given the fact that they've lost... Um, Mark Nichols, I suppose, is the main one in the, the pack they've lost yeah. there. So, good news for Shaq. Um, Wade Graham, also. Um, this bloke seems like he's been around forever, but when you're a, yes. when you're a good footballer and um, you've still got something to offer, why not um, keep him on the book? So, he's uh, 31, I think, at the moment. And... Yeah. 
Is this correct? 13th season at... He came in as a 17-year-old, Graham. Yeah. It was a schoolboy sensation. Out of Penrith. Right, coming through the, the Penrith system, went to Hill Sports High. Yeah. Um, it was a halfback. Played all the junior, you know, New South Wales, etc. as a halfback. Um, I was really disappointed when uh, when he left Penrith. I think it was Luke Walsh they had as a seven. I thought I'd rather have Wade mm. Graham. But, and I think they had Luke Walsh and Travis Burns. And they had a good year. Uh, but neither of those guys are, are anything on, on, on Wade Graham. I mean, it's worked out well for Wade. He went on won a premiership with the Sharks and, and went on to represent New South Wales and also Australia. And fantastic player. Um, yeah, happy for him. Yeah, and as as I said, like yeah. I, I should clear that up. That's a thirteenth season, I should say, for Cronulla. That's what I was gonna say. I, right. I just couldn't believe okay. that that's how long he's played at Cronulla. And I think there were three seasons where he played forty two games for Penrith. Um, yeah, a few injury problems when he was at Penrith. Yeah, yeah, he 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 did. And I should just update that um, that comment there because um, I was looking at. Some stuff a couple of weeks ago. He's just turned 32 in the last couple right. of weeks. So 32-year-old um, signed on for next year. We'll be playing football as a 32-year-old. But, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's interesting these days. Some of these players, these top-quality players, um, you know, I mean, in, in years gone by, if you said someone was 32 and still playing, you'd, you'd shake your head and... And think, oh, geez, what's he doing? But um, you know, the, it just says a lot about the professionalism of the game and and the quality of the players these days. So, um, yeah, I, I reckon that's that's a great great re-signing for the Sharks. Yeah, it is. Um, just related to that, Graham, um, one of his former Blues teammates, uh, a warrior of of the highest order, Josh Jackson, announced his retirement. Yes, um, and uh, he'd be a similar age, I think. Uh, to Wade Graham, I'm not quite sure how old he is, but at his peak, he was uh, it was premium uh, talent. You know, again, Blues, uh, Kangaroos, but you know, it's been some time since he's sort of been at the peak of his powers, but he was still on big money. So um, that's whether he was pressured or not. I don't know. He said he wasn't, but um, it's clear in a huge amount of money from the Bulldogs' salary cap. So mm. while they've had some huge signings with likes of Kikau and Reed Marnie and so on, um, expect more. Um, so I think they're, they're going to be, you know, they're released. Shoop, uh, yeah. Shoop Dog, Josh Jackson's going. I dare say there's there's over a million, well over a million, and the salary cap's just walked out the door. So what that means is they're in a position to sign some more high-quality talent, uh, which worries me a little bit <laughs> yeah. as a part of supporter because I think maybe uh, they'll, you know, they're, they've long been rumoured to, to be interested in Stephen Crichton. Um, and why wouldn't you be? He's, he's a very good player. Um, Spencer Lanou also um, uh, on the radar. I've uh, things that I've read. He, Spencer was rumored to be going to the Tigers, um, not going to the Tigers, but you know the Bulldogs under <clears throat> Sir Loom has a bit of a concern. 
confirmed to me um, when you're they're the second, up like they are. You're the second Penrith fan today to tell me that they've heard that um, Spencer Lino is, is off to the dogs. Well, so I, I, I can't say that. Certain it's just as no, but it's it's the word on the net about yeah, it's it's um, it's a it's a, it must be the talk on the dogs. the forums and the whatnot in the in Penrith circles. But as I say it's interesting that we're hearing it. You know, I'm hearing it from a few Penrith fans that they're feeling as though that might happen. I think it's coming out of some of the Bulldogs fans' mm. websites. So, and and um, as you said too, I don't know if we mentioned there too that um, Paul Vaughan's leaving. Yep. Dufty's been released. Um, we know also Jeremy Marshall King's going to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Jack Hedman. Oh, there's been a lot go out. Yeah, so and, and we know not they're making out. room. I mean, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not suggesting. A lot of people are yelling at their, their, you know, their radios at the moment, going, "Oh, come on, fellas, we know that Kikau and Marnie wouldn't have come cheap and would be back ended." No, they would But yes, but what we want you guys to be aware of is the fact that they're not finished spending, and I no think. Way. To build on, and when you look at, I mean, the players that they've signed long term, these are the big players long term: uh, Ryan Sutton, Reed Marnie, uh, Pengai Juniors to twenty twenty four. We know that Kickouts through to twenty twenty six, along with Marnie, um, Fatala Mariner, I think, through to twenty twenty five, and Ado Car through to twenty twenty five. Matt Burton, I'd have yeah, to have a look at the status. Because is, is this year coming the last year technically on his contract? Does he have That's a correct. Yeah, I think he, yeah. does he's he have pretty, a player option? From what I'm so hearing, up. he's got a player option for 2024. But technically, yeah. they're, they're going to have to uh, up up his money significantly, which they will. Um, so some of this money they're clearing is going to go to Matt Burton. Um, He'll attract a lot have, of interest. They'll, they'll have room to. Sign some more big names, not yeah. just average players. Um, other thing I've been reading is uh, Phil Gould's been on a, a bit of a mission, signing a lot of young talent out of the uh, the systems of a range of clubs, not necessarily the Panthers, but um, to play in the Bulldogs' uh, junior rep sides and, and bring them through there. So this is a team that's uh, very, very aggressively hitting the market. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think success is going to um, be coming their way within the next few years, whether they win a comp. Well, you know, that's up for, for grabs. But I think definitely they're going to be one of the uh, more powerful clubs in the next few years. I think Bulldogs fans would be looking. I think Bulldogs fans would be happy with the top eight this year, and and then a build on that to become a premiership contender in the next yeah, two to three. I think so. And and I think with Matt Burton, if they keep him, I think they're going to have to pay some big money. I can see why they why they're clearing the decks because I couldn't imagine any fan in the NRL across the seventeen clubs who would not want Burton in their side. I think yeah. he's going to be, a, and, and, and if the fans are feeling that, the clubs are feeling that, um, I, I think he's going to be highly sought after. He's a he's a super talent, and I'll be honest with you, I couldn't care what that guy makes. He's a he's an absolute superstar, and I think he's a he's got a big future in the game, and he's already... The other guy they let go, Graham, uh, who would have been on quite a bit of money, is uh, Jack Hetherington. Yep. So he's off to the Knights. Nice, so yep. a lot of money cleared. Um. 
So I, I think they've still got another two or three big names. Uh, if not next year, then certainly in 2024. And that's also too, you know, not, not to mention Jack Hetherington. Um, he's the type of bloke too that, yeah, he'll he'll not only cost you a bit in salary cap, but he might cost you a bit in um, in in fines at the judiciary and and so on and so forth. So um, be interesting to see how he goes. But um, yeah, because uh, he, he, he came to the Bulldogs. I remember when he went to the Bulldogs, we were talking about um his worth there. So I, I don't. I actually think he'd be um. He he would. He was on pretty, pretty good money at Penrith. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think they paid, um, you know, big money. So it'd be interesting to see what the uh, what the Knights paid for that. Obviously, different yeah. circumstances, but yeah, very interesting one there. Um, Manly, we know they've made some re-signings. Ruben Garrick, I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, they've got a four-year deal. He'll be there to the end of twenty twenty-seven. Um, so you know, he's, I think, for the club, was he the top try scorer and point scorer this year from memory? Um, yeah. it usually is in the last couple of years he has been um, so yeah um, Zach Fulton I think's also got another contract yeah. um, good to Boyle. see uh, good to see you know the, the Fulton name yeah uh, you know it, it is um, you know obviously Bob Fulton uh, club legend not just a club legend but uh, an immortal of the game so um he played most of his career at Manly, had a couple of years at the Roosters, but is is you know considered really um, the man at Manly in their however many year history, you know, probably seventy odd years, um, the biggest name uh, at that club. So uh, the name continues to be part of the club, and I think that's a good thing. Yep, no, definitely. So that's. That's most of the news that I've been across. I think that's uh, that's just about it in regards to signings. Um, oh, Liam Martin signed on for yes. the year at the Panthers. Very good oh, signing. No brainer. No best, brainer. Best back rower in the semi final series and doing really good things over in the World Cup. Yeah, he's basically, um, his performance in the, well, I was going to say the back end, but I should say the back end of the year, especially. I mean, he's been great all year and for a couple of years for Penrith. But his performance through those that final series and also too in the um the World Cup games has basically yep. made him a um a must in this uh this kangaroos side that we're we're seeing currently playing the World Cup, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh from from the NRL, uh the other thing that we saw this week, Griffo, um there was news, I think it was yesterday I saw it, that the Round one draw for the 2023 season had been leaked. Now, we, I know that, you know, sometimes we say, ah, oh, you got to play them all and this and that and the other. But it, it is a big, big deal in a sense of this is the, the number one round. There are some, some games that they consider marquee games. Teams want to get off to a start. There's also the, um, the fact that there will be a team each week having the bye. Um, so fans were very interested to see who their team would be playing possibly in round one, where the marquee matchups were from a um, from a marketing standpoint, because we know that uh, the television rights deal with Channel 9 heavily influences the Thursday, Friday night, and even Sunday afternoon game. Uh, we can see that, we can see that a bit. This is um, from what I can find the... 
the round one for 2023, they're looking at Parramatta versus the uh, Melbourne Storm opening up the season at Combank Stadium at Parramatta on the Thursday night. So obviously the Storm, uh, big team in a big market down in Melbourne trying to get that one against the Parramatta Eels, which will be very interesting to see how they go given that they've lost a few players. Um, Got the Warriors on the Friday in that 6pm time slot against the Knights. It's no surprise that the Warriors, I think, will play a lot of 6pm games given the time difference. Uh, Penrith Panthers versus the Brisbane Broncos. Bit of an interesting matchup for the defending Premiers. Um, Is that just a case, do you think, Griffo, of Friday night's the marquee match? Penrith are the defending Premiers and Brisbane are the Friday night Broncos for the Queensland market? Yeah. Um, then we've got on the Saturday, they're telling us that Brookvale will be Manly versus Canterbury. The Cowboys taking on the Raiders in Townsville. Sharks playing the Rabbitohs in a semi final rematch. Um, yeah. a, 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 another big game, which I can see Channel 9 wanted to get all over as the four o'clock Sunday game, is the Dolphins playing the Roosters. So. <laughs> I'm tipping the Roosters right here and now. I was going to say, we've, just, we've probably got the team I'm that uses... In. We've got the team that I'm, uses... I've locked in my uh, everything, this, everything. This, this I, I be... locked it in last year on the Roosters and they lost against the Knights. But this year, I'm very confident. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a promotion for us. It should be the Salary Cap Cup. Now, this is the team that uses the Salary Cup, salary cap the best versus the team that has used the Salary Cap the worst. Um... <laughs> But we don't know what the salary cap is, so yeah. I mean, if we're there, that's that's true, but we, yeah. we, we, but we, we won't we, go there, yeah. Yeah, we don't anyway. want to bore everyone, yeah. We've, yeah, the um, the, we've, we've talked about that enough over the, the time of the podcast, but um, the Dolphins having that feature game on a Sunday afternoon against the Roosters, I believe it's um, at Suncorp, it is at Suncorp, yeah. That's what oh, it's history, me. it's history in the making, so. You know, it, it should be uh, there for the, for the national audience, yeah. um, free to air. So, and then that's it. Leave the dolphins, you know, out for the rest of the year off. off the <laughs> tell well, it could be worse. Yeah. You could stick around on Fox and watch the Tigers play the Titans. Um, uh, actually, I don't think that might be not a bad game. It'll be competitive. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And they've given the Dragons the um, the buy. Um, I, I think Foxtel's yeah. done enough promotion of House of Dragon and they're going to have a week off. That's right, House of the Dragon. round one. Um, Dragon will be sleeping, you know. We saw a big battle of the two Dragons uh, right at the end of the series and one of them came off second best, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, they, they need a little bit of a rest, the Dragons. are back in their lair or whatever it is. Look at their wounds. I've got a theory here. I think they've been listening to the podcast. They heard us the other week absolutely give it to the Dragons and say how they'll struggle. And they went, we'll bugger you. We'll give them two points for nothing in the first round. Yeah. And, um, well, I'll tell you what, Graham. They won't sack... Uh, they won't sack... What's his name? Uh, Griffin. Griffin after round one. Because no. they have two points. That's true. It gives him an extra week of coaching, to be honest. They'll, they'll, they'll be playing from in front, so to speak. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It's, it, it says a lot about where the St. George Illawarra Dragons Club are. And I don't want to harp on this because if you go back to our last podcast, you've got you've got plenty of ammunition. I don't want to start a rewind of that. We, we have hammered it. 
But this is my point. Fairly. Fairly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is my point. A club... Now, I know they're a joint venture and they have been for, you know, well over 20 years now. And But with that joint venture comes the tradition and prestige of the St. George Dragons Club, who are one of the most prestigious and famous clubs in this NRL competition. I think it shows a lot about where that club is to think that in round one of the competition, this is the club from a marketing point of view that the NRL have decided to sit out round one and all of their round one promotion. It's a big club with a big fan base and they've got to wait until round two. I actually find that an interesting decision. I think it says a lot about where the NRL and the rugby league community itself think the Dragons are and where they're going to be next year. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I can't, can't add any more to that. Um, they've, uh, they've got the job in front of them, that side. Um, with this round one draw, I'm going to ask you an honest question here. Um, okay, I know a lot of honest answer. A lot of fans went, "Ooh, ooh, we see the round one draw." When you saw the round one draw was leaked, um, I, I know you would have looked out of curiosity, but is it a big deal for you as a fan to see who's playing who in round one? Um, is it is it a big excitement? Is it the first taste we've got of next year? Is it for you as a Panthers fan going, "Who are we playing?" and then moving on? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. What what what, what are your thoughts on the on it the is. round it one? Is. Because traditionally they release round one and then they let you sit on it for a week or two and then they give you the rest of the draw. So yeah. round one's well, a bit of a... I think the whole draw, if it's not... You know, I think it's out very soon. If Maybe tomorrow I think it might mm. even come out. But um, yeah, it's nice to know who you're going to play and if you've got home game or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. It's, 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 a good, it's, it's good to know. I think... Um, I think fans are interested to see who they're playing to start up. I know um, you, you'll look at certain teams. I know we've we've got some rumours, and by the time people hear this, it might be a bit redundant, but there's some rumours happening that Penrith will be hosting South Sydney in round two. I mean, that's a that's a blockbuster game. There's, there's, there's plenty to look forward to, and I think the draw is important. And once that draw is released, I'd actually love to have a podcast, Griffo, like we did last year, where we actually look at the draw and yeah, um, look at absolutely. the winners and losers. Because, winners and losers, yeah. Because it'll be interesting if we, you know, went back and looked, said, well, you know, these are the teams we thought got dotted by the draw, and mm. let's see whether it actually turned out that way or not. Because um, I know one of the teams we talked about a lot um, was the Broncos. Yeah, and so they got the toughest draw. They ended, they ended up missing the hey, but yeah, probably should have made. Well, they had the toughest draw, no doubt. I think the Roosters and the Storm also were were up there as teams with and Para. See, the thing is, Graham can't blame the NRL. They want the biggest teams to play each other as often as they can. Yeah, it's a because business. there's you know, yeah. So, um, and, and while the Broncos on performance are not a big team over the last you know three or four years. Uh, you know they're the the biggest club, um, yeah, financially, all that sort of stuff. Hmm. Biggest fan base, so so the they get market. locked in with um with these teams that the NRL thinks 
people have got to tune into because they're the best sides. And then obviously the Broncos yeah. are not in that category, but they kept, you know, they put them on Friday night, Thursday night because they've got the Brisbane market. They want, you know, eyes on, on the screen. Yep. You know they're going to uh, play the Cowboys twice. You know they're going to play the Titans yeah. twice because they're going to market yeah. it as a Queensland derby. We've got the tight, uh, the Dolphins there now. They're, they're obviously going to play them twice because that's going to create interest. And then you've got your other clubs that they know rate well, like the Roosters, Storm, yeah. uh, Eels, so on and so forth. The, the thing, and they, just on that, Graham, one of the sides that we talked about having a slightly easier draw was the uh, the Sullivan Sharks. <laughs> and, um, you know, they end up coming, uh, you know, second after the the Premiership rounds. Um, went bundled out, out in the finals. Door. Yeah, straight sets. But um, that supports what yeah, you're they're, saying. They're not, Easy team, draw. they're not a team that you see all that often on free-to-air. Um, True. Again, they don't have... While they've got a very um, passionate fan base, it's not a huge fan base. Um, so they tend to get a lot of Saturday night games. Um, and, and consequently, they, uh, the benefit of that for them is that they tend to get a slightly easier draw. Um, but, yeah, uh, the, there was a lot of criticism about that side saying that, you know, they were favoured by the draw and so on. But to their credit, they came second, hmm. you know. So, they, but when they come up in the semifinals, they fell short, obviously. But, uh, yeah, they still had a good year. Yeah. Interesting to see if they get a tougher draw next year. I don't think they will. Because for whatever reason, they're, they're obviously not the team the NRL wants on a Friday night, mm. Thursday night, Um you know, they're, they're sort of like a little bit like the Raiders, one of these teams that you tend to see um, more or so on the Fox or KO because they don't make nine. They don't make the big games all that often. Um, but as long as you win games, it really doesn't matter. No. One interesting tidbit that I have heard, this is only a rumour, obviously nothing to be yeah, I'm stealing Shano's stick here. Wow. Yeah, I'm getting my shit in. Um, look, it's not confirmed, but what I'm hearing, I've got my ear to the ground, is that Magic Round this year, um, obviously going to be very different. There's a team with a bye. We've joked about it in the past as to which team would get the bye. Um, not sure the logic behind this, why, why not, whether fans... May or may not be happy about this, but uh, from what we're hearing, the Knights are going to be the team to get the Magic Round by. So... I heard that too. Um, look, someone's got to have it. Wrong with that, to be honest. Uh, like, I wouldn't care if Penrith had... if they play the Magic Round oh, in Brisbane. Yeah, well, I'd be happy for Penrith to have the week off then. Yeah, because there are teams. There are teams that are going to have to give up a home game for Magic Round. Yeah. So look, Knights don't have that worry. Um, but yeah, I mean, we know that there's a lot of um, fixtures that are going to be guaranteed uh, before we even start. We know that uh, on the 25th of April, which is a Tuesday next year, we're guaranteed the Roosters will play the Dragons at 4pm, and so they should. That's like an absolute cracker. I love tradition. that. Another tradition that's been developed um, that will also happen on that Tuesday night of the, is the Storm versus the Warriors. 
I've really started to enjoy that tradition as well. Yeah. Um, I think it'd it, be nice if they played it in Auckland. That would be, yeah, I that, think that would be, nice. be great. Because um, it is Anzac. We're hearing it'll be in Melbourne, but it would be good to play in Auckland. Um, well, I think I think the Kiwis deserve mm. one of these. You know, at least you know, I think they should do it at alternate years. To be honest, I know it's a big clash in Melbourne, I'm... and they, 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 Melbourne always get their biggest crowd. Well, you know, it is Anzac, um, so I think it should be shared one year Melbourne, one year in New Zealand. And given That's... that the Roosters Dragons games at four o'clock Sydney time. You could play the Warriors Storm game, Auckland time eight o'clock, which is six o'clock Sydney time, and it'd still work. Oh, you don't have any crossover, well, so you're a genius. You That's know, why I mean, it's not, it's no, it's, it's not <laughs> rocket science, but yeah, they're looking at a seven o'clock kickoff. Look, these are just some of those things, and we know, you know, um, Good Friday, I'd imagine South will be playing. Canterbury, um, so you know there's 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 a few things there that we're we're looking forward to. Um, I think one of the the biggest uh, matches we're going to see, and a guarantee, I can guarantee you right now, without seeing the draw, you're going to see Penrith play Parramatta twice. And I know you'll all, always see that game happening twice because it creates more interest. But um, they're going to play each other twice, and what we're hearing is that. Um, it could be once early on in the year uh, in round four with a possible round 26 rematch um, with a Penrith home game there. Um, the only other thing we're being, um, we know that's definitely confirmed. We know that the uh, State of Origin will be um, played on May 31st, June 21st and July 12th. For those who haven't heard, there's the Adelaide Oval Games, actually game one. So it'd be interesting to see this year, how they go with the game one being on neutral uh, soil, uh, game two being at Suncorp, and game three at Sydney. Uh, as a New South Welshman, I don't know if I like the idea of uh, having two games before we even get to Sydney. Hopefully, the series isn't gone by then. Uh, I've got a lot more confidence that, that that'll be the case. But um, yeah, keep an, keep an eye out because the draw will have big implications given the fact that there, there will be a buy each each week. And um, the timing of the buy could be very crucial for, for a lot of these teams. So uh, definitely keep an eye on uh, that one. Um, other than that, with the draw, I'd imagine, Griffo, that um, the preseason fixtures are going to be something that they're going to look at. Um, there's also talk that there's going to be uh, pre-season fixtures involving uh, Super League teams and NRL teams. I'm hearing talk of a St. George Illawarra Dragons and St. Helens game, um, and you might be able you might be able to give us a bit more info into this in regards to the the World Club Challenge. Um, it looks as though the Penrith Panthers are going to be hosting St. Helens. They're going to have that little warm up game against the Dragons and then take off on the Panthers. So I don't know if Penrith fans have, have Penrith fans Griffo been given much info in regards to the World Club Challenge, where it's happening and um, how that's all going to be structured this year. Uh, no, um, because it hasn't been finalised. So it's believed it's going to be at Penrith. Uh, 
at Blue Bet Stadium. That'd be great. That's great um, for the area, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's great. Like I remember back in the Super League days when um they played a tournament um that had you know, I think you played about three games against the English sides. Yeah, we had some sides go over to England. It was mostly, from memory, the uh, I, I remember going to Penrith to watch a, a range of English teams, and <clears> all <throat> of them had supporters too. Um, oh, it was great, you know. The the English fans made so much noise. Um, small groups, but that was great. So I, I expect uh, we'll have a St Helens contingent come out. Um, no. Penrith have never won the World Club Challenge. Um, they've had a couple of shots at it, but they always got beat. Um, uh, they haven't played the World Club Challenge out here. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it, uh, and I hope they win. But, uh, yeah, be a big occasion, really. Um, big occasion. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be a sellout, no doubt. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah I can I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon they could sell at the stadium a few times over. Um, yep. The only other thing I want to get your thoughts on is these rumours we were hearing last week. I don't know if you heard much about it, but the NRL considering introducing a pre-season competition. Now, we, we didn't hear much about this proposal, but what was reported was that there'd be a pre-season competition. They're looking to rival the uh, AFL's NAB Cup. They're, they're saying it could be implemented as soon as next season. Um, obviously there's a lot of things to consider before then, but some of the things, now we don't have the details and we can interpret this how we want, but they were saying that, um, the tournament could involve St. Helens as the Super League champions becoming the 18th team in this competition. And it would allow clubs to fight for prize money and points. Now we know that preseason tournaments aren't new to the, uh, the, the rugby league. We've had the, uh, the nines, we've had the twoies challenge, um, which we remember fondly from the nineties. But uh, just wanted to get your thoughts here. I, I the the thing that piqued my interest that I thought, oh, here we go. When they said that clubs might be fighting for prize money, okay, but but points. I, I don't know how to interpret that. Whether they mean, you know, the the points are going to be allocated to the premiership. I, I don't know how people are interpreting this. I don't know what your take was on this when you heard this. Uh, last week, no, I, I'm completely against it. I think it's ridiculous. Um, what it come out of Graham was the fact that last, you know, last season, for the first time, Fox slash Gale televised all the trial games, and they're great yeah. ratings because yeah. people want to get their fix of rugby league. That's right. You know, it's been so long since we've seen games. We're keen to watch footy. Yeah. Yep. So. <clears throat> so they were, you know, they were watched quite widely, and the NRL thought, well, okay, we're going to play them. Uh, people going to watch them. We may as well make them count for something. But um, I'm completely against it. Uh, I'm completely against trials, uh, and that's going to lead to no. I just want to put it out there to our listeners. If the if you don't know, I am a single man. I'm a single man. I'm, I'm putting out a proposal. Oh, the proposal. This is the proposal we promised at the well, start. It's sort I, of, it's, I don't it even know what off. this is. I'm excited. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> it's Griffo's proposal. This is my proposal. Um, 
it's my part, you know, cry if I want to, but, um, uh, I am going to propose, uh, for the first time in, uh, about 30 years, I guess, close to 30 years. First time I'm going to propose to someone. <laughs> um, I don't know if we've got any female listeners out there, uh, but, uh, and, and, you know, um, you know, and I don't run the other way, um, nothing against it, but it's just not my, not for me. Um, you know, uh, my proposal is this, and it's nothing to do with me, uh, wanting to marry someone. Um, but it is all about how we should be using the, the 52 weeks of the year, Mm -hmm. given that each and every rugby league player is entitled, I think to a, six-week break, and so they should be. They need a rest. As teachers, um, we'd support that. <laughs> oh, support. Absolutely. Um, but this is where, to me, the, the concept of trial games um, is just a waste of uh, rugby league time because they mean nothing. And I, and I understand NRL wants them to mean something, but... Nobody's going to care. Teams aren't going to put their best players in. I am proposing that instead of the trial games, we bring forward the start of the season um, into, you know, early, or not early Feb, but uh, into late Feb, mm. um, that there'd be no trial games at all. The only game that goes before the season starts is the World Club Challenge. And that team, the, the premiers, will have the buy-in round one um, as a result of whether they have to yep. go on a, every second year. It's going to go to England. Uh, alternate year, English come out here. Um, but that is the only game. Um, and, uh, you know, whether there's an indigenous all-stars or something like that, you know, I wouldn't be opposed yep. to that. <clears throat> but no club trials as such. Then you have your however many rounds. I think you know we play twenty four rounds over twenty seven weeks, whatever it is. Um, but that after that, that we have every year. I'm just watching. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm taken by some uh, fireworks that were on the screen there um, uh, down in Sydney. That yeah, they got the uh, got the semi final of the cricket. Uh, oh, well, yeah. and uh, they were just showing some fireworks through Sydney, which are always lovely. But anyway, that's an aside. Um, what I'm saying is that there should be a month dedicated to International Rugby League and that uh, every four years, obviously, we play a World Cup. Um, uh, that's a no-brainer. It's, it's got to stay. Um and that in the other three years, we see an alternate of, of this. That we bring back the Kangaroo Tour of Great Britain where they play three tests. Um, possibly they might play a test against the Kiwis before they head off. Um, that uh, also in that year that we have a Pacific Cup, so the, the likes of Tonga, um, Fiji, Samoa, Papua New Guinea, uh, the Cookies, 
playing some sort of tournament that goes over no longer than four weeks. Um, at the same time, over in Europe, that they have it like a European Championship, uh, not involving uh, Great Britain, but um, the other European teams. Yeah, Italy, France. Lebanon, yeah, but Lebanon, even though they're officially Asian, uh, that they could compete in that. Yeah. Geographically, uh, that would make, make yeah, sense. Spain, all these other countries that have rugby league. Serbia, Azerbaijan. Yeah, uh, all of them. <laughs> you know, they've all got, like, the Ukraine's got a team, like, even, you know, in, in the wars, they're still playing. Um, you know, the Maltese have got a team. They're, they're, so, so some sort of That'll build the world game. That's what we want to do, Graham. That's you mentioned the you mentioned the cricket World Cup. You look at some of the emerging nations there because they've had well, games the to play. Your team. The, Netherlands the Netherlands defeating South Africa the other day. Yeah. I'll be happy to talk about that. But but that yeah. just shows how how a sport can look at emerging teams. You've got to grow. You yeah. got, can't stay stagnant. Yeah. And, and even though yeah, at the moment we got minnows yeah. over there, get pumped. It's not always going to be that yeah. way. You know, you look at your Tongas and your Samoas. They were minnows. You know. And they used to get pumped every game as well, but they don't now. Um, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, so you got your kangaroo tour, and then that would alternate, you know, again, every four years. One of those, it would be the Aussies going over to, to Britain. The other, it would be the British come out here. Uh, so, so that's locked in. Uh, it's tradition. Again, we talked about tradition earlier. That is a tradition of the game. Um, that the, the next year, you've got a four nations competition, Australia, New Zealand, uh, whether it's England or Great Britain, uh, and the fourth, well, it'll probably be England, actually, and then the fourth-ranked country, whoever, whether that be Samoa, Tonga, France, mm. or whoever. That um, So there's a, a spot up for grabs. Um, yeah, there's something to that, play that, for there. Yeah. They so want to be that, from, yeah. that team to be in that top tier. Yeah. So they yep. get a ranking based on their Pacific Cup, their Euro Championship, whatever. And the, the, the reward is a spot in the Four Nations. Mm. And then on the other year, we, we bring back the three-much uh, series between uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, so you get two matches in one country, one in the other. And then the next time it comes around, the other country gets two matches. But also in that year, you play, your, again, your Pacific Cup comes around. Your Euros. So that's my proposal that we dispense completely with trials apart from, and it's not a trial, but the World Cup Challenge. Yep. And that we bring in, and every single year there is international rugby league. So we are growing the game. We're increasing our uh, player base, our farm base, and we're increasing the revenue um, so that when we get to the World Cup, there's not as many minnows because they're building, constantly building. Mm. So, um, yeah, I thought about that when I was out on the kayak last Saturday. I, I, uh, I think you make a good point. And the the interesting thing, like you said, about this preseason, they're, they're talking about the ratings are good for the preseason and they want top names playing in the preseason. The NRL go, our, dis, our, our solution for having, um, you know, teams put their big names in, let's prize money, let's save it for points. If you want the big names playing in February, just start the season earlier. That's yeah. that's the solution. And if you want the season to extend, the way you've actually spelt it out here, 
we're basically playing rugby league from February to Christmas. Well, not quite, but it's it's, it's early December. No, I'm saying we bring the, the start of the season forward, then we're, we're so, probably going so October, mid- early part of November, because the players have got to get their got their their time off. But if you work backwards six weeks from mid-February with the season, you got your six weeks for a worst-case scenario, you, that, that basically gives you the opportunity to go into the end of November, early December, hypothetically. Okay? Yeah, I, I, I can't see it going that far because they've got to come back after six weeks, Graham, and... and, and oh, for training, the preseason, obviously. So, so you're, you're yeah, looking you at the preseason. You can't yeah, true. pass the button that quickly, but... True. But I'm, I'm just... That's what I'm saying. Because most, most teams are going back... season forward... Yeah. Bring, get that rep rep four weeks in October, maybe but, first week in November. But the thing is, too, where you get around it a bit and what they've done now and what they'll be doing this year, the teams that didn't make the finals, they, they're back training now. They went back this past week, most of them, from what I'm hearing. Yep. Um, the teams that made the finals, they have an extra couple of weeks, obviously. They'll go back uh, prior to Christmas. A lot of the times, the players that are playing in the World Cup, they may not join their clubs until January. Now, with your proposal too, I know you're hoping that a lot more players are involved, but it, if you are involved in that, you, you may join a bit later and you might be back in training, as I said, you know, because I didn't factor in the preseason. You might be back in training early, early January, ready for your February mid-February start, you know, you might be after yeah. Christmas. It's it's doable. And I think this this is one of those situations where first thing I thought when the NRL said, oh, we're going to have this preseason, we're going to make a big deal out of it. First thing I thought was the Rugby League Players Association are going to knock this on the head straight away. And I, I, I support them in a sense where I don't want players necessarily playing more games from a load point of view. This, Especially when they account for jack shit. Exactly. We don't want players playing games that mean nothing and just putting Ks on the clock. You know, it'd be like driving your car around the block just for the sake of driving it, just to, you know, just to put Ks on the clock and depreciate its value. It makes no sense. It's counterintuitive. This here, as you can say, if all the games mean something, they're worth something, preseason tournaments don't need to happen. Um, no. People like the preseason tournaments because it's football in a time where we don't normally get football. And, you know, we understand that. We went to the nines back in. I was just thinking that, Graham. That was, what, what a great that was a belter of a weekend. That was uh, one of the best weekends <laughs> of my life, Graham. But 2015, we went over, we flew to New Zealand and went to the nines to watch the preseason competition. And we know that there's interest in football early on in the year, but I don't think a preseason comp is the answer. I don't think that I think the players' association are gonna. There's no way that they'll they'll yep. be happy with that. I and think it'll cause a shitstorm. I, 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 I agree. Ludicrous idea. I, I, I think, it, but it's it's not on. But as you said, even if the the first round of the season, rather than being the third of March, was the seventeenth. I, I don't know the dates. I'm just calling a rough number here. Yeah, the seventeenth of halfway the seventeenth of February, for argument's sake. Bring it a couple of weeks earlier. I think. With the World Cup right now, it has highlighted your concern because there has been a distinct lack of international football. Now, we know that we've had COVID and that was something that we couldn't have seen happen and it's it's been out of everyone's hands. 
But, you know, the fact that rankings for the World Cup are going off matches that might have happened three years ago and yeah. games here and there. And anyway, that's why we've got New Zealand playing Australia this week and not, in, you know, not, not the week after. But also, too, the fact that we've got, um, you know, we've got, we've got teams being selected and they're calling incumbents from three years ago. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think this would be good to have an international game to aspire to at the end of the year. Yeah. With Origin, Origin's always going to be in the middle. So Origin can be a bit of a precursor and you can look at the players that did well through Origin. You can have the players who are in form through the final series and you've got your, your kangaroos and Pacific and European teams. Oh, look, I like it. I like it. Someone will pick the shit out of it and tell us why it won't work, but that's cool. That's their I job. Mr. And we'll, and we'll Mr. Abdo and Mr. Troy Grant are all listening. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know if they listen to us, but they should. We're, they we're should. We, we, yeah, we got it. We, we, we're, we're providing some... Uh, we're providing solutions, not problems, and I think that's the main thing. And look, you know, one thing we, we, we do provide just about every week, you can just about bank on it, is, is some good news. And it's taken us a while to get into it this week. It's late in the podcast to have it, but um, we got Griffo's Grab. Griffo's Grab! Right, we're going to talk a bit about the World Cup, Griffo. Um, what's Grab Dry this week? Because there's been a fair bit of footy uh, during our breakfast time. There are a lot of things uh, grabbing my eye, Um, but this is the one I'm going with. Uh, And it's a guy who, uh, he's been a great servant of the game of rugby league um, and particularly for his country. His country is Fiji. Mm. And his name is Mr. Kevin Nagama. Yep. Um, He caught my eye last week with a couple of bits of magic. Um, the first one, and it, this was the guy who sort of originally caught my eye, was uh, uh, Sonia Taruva, Tito was his nickname. He threw this amazing pass. Um, he, he's playing fullback. Uh, they're attacking the Kiwis line. and He took the line on drew in uh, his player, plus Dylan Brown came in, and he threw this uh, fabulous pass uh, to Kevin Nagama, who ran an amazing outside in line. There wasn't much of a gap there, but he hit the ball uh, and uh, just scored the try that put the Fijians into quite a good position uh, at the time. They went from 6-0... Uh, Nagama goes under the post and they, they hit 12-0 um, but that wasn't the end of it um, he in the start not long after the start of second half they're up 12-6 and uh, they're sort of 15-20 metres out from from the Kiwis line he's in at dummy half and he goes down the blind side caught him asleep goes in again uh, Kevin Nagama uh, he came back this year to play with the Roosters and he didn't set the world on fire, it must be said. But when he, again, he's another one of these guys. You put the right jersey on him, that jersey being the Fiji Barty jersey, and uh, he becomes an absolute superstar. Uh, it means the world to him. He's their captain. Um, 
And uh, I dare say we'll see him in the future probably go on and, and be their coach. He, he is uh, the heart and soul of the Fijian Rugby League. So uh, he caught my eye this week amongst the many great things that happened over in the north of England. Hell of an effort, though, for, for Fiji. I mean, a lot of people watching that game, uh, I think the Guamas try, we scored scored two, as we said, the second one was just after half time, which would have put them um, 18-6, was that yeah, correct at that time? Six. Yeah. I yeah. mean, a lot of people, I mean, if you're Fiji and you're, you know, you're, you're dancing in the lounge room watching it on the telly, uh, obviously, New Zealand came back, but um, that, I think that just just shows that while you know we've been conditioned in rugby league to have these tier one, tier twos, and I know New Zealand got the got the win and that, but this this tournament has just shown through players like Naguama through that example there that there's a lot of pride in these um, these jerseys, and, and people are really really working to try and do the best for their uh, for their country. And and this is why they have should have more opportunities to play for their country. Exactly. And that and that's right. And this is where, you know, you develop squads. It's not going to be, uh, you know, we had the speculation before the World Cup going on. We've got no idea what the Samoa squad's going to look like. We've heard this, we've heard that. I'd love to say, last year, this is who played for Samoa. What changes do you think they're going to make for this year? Make it one of those situations where we're following along and we're looking at the ins and outs like we do with the other teams because um, it builds interest and that's the only way you build the, um, the game overall. And, and, and looking at the World Cup itself, Grippo, um, the, all the talk this week's going to be about the semifinals. Um, our time, we've got Saturday morning, probably the biggest game of the tournament, Australia versus New Zealand. Uh, England will play Samoa in the other semi-final on, I call it Saturday night, it's early Sunday morning, I think it's a 1.30 yeah. kickoff. Uh, yeah. So so given the fact that to get to this point, uh, Australia had that game against Lebanon, obviously a uh, big win to them, England a big win over Papua New Guinea, we just mentioned New Zealand beating Fiji, and the, the Samoa-Tonga game, I'd like to get your thoughts because you've watched this um a lot more closer than myself, but um, there there was a moment there. I know that uh, there's some very familiar names on the score sheet for Samara and Jaden Sewer, uh, Jerome Luai, Brian Toto, um, Katoa. I think got over late for Tonga. Uh, this was another very close game, and uh, you could see for the um, the uh, the gentleman representing Samara, it meant a lot to them to um, to get this yeah. win. And it is a very big achievement for them and a very famous win because it puts them in the final four of a World Cup. Those first time to do that. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, very tight. Uh, I think definitely Samoa were the better side. They they led pretty much the whole game. Um, although I think I don't know if the Tongans actually got in front. They certainly got level um, a couple of times, but. Samoa were the better side, deserved the victory. Um, the Harbs, uh, Luai and uh, Anthony Milford were probably the two best players on the field. Uh, I can't remember who the... I think Luai might have been man of the match, but I'm not sure about that. Um, it was a great game. Great game. And um, it was a game a lot of people thought was originally going to be the semi-final. Mm. Um 
Uh, but obviously, England uh, had something to say about that with their absolute annihilation of the Samoans in the first game of the tournament. Um, there was a lot of criticism about the coach of Samoa. And, um, there wasn't too much criticism of the players. I don't know why. But anyway, so the coach puts on a, uh, a media ban. Um, uh, Matt Parrish. Look, if they can beat England this week, then... Uh, he's uh, every right to come out and you know, sort of come out swinging and saying, you know, you said all these things a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know, here we are, we're going to be in the final. So, um, a lot of personal pride, I guess, at stake for him. Um, even during the year, there were calls for him to be removed as the coach. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. Apparently, some of the players were a bit off him. Some of the rumors were. But, the, you know, Matty Johns and Andrew Johns sort of put themselves forward to say, you know, we'll coach the team uh, with Sonny Bill involved as well. Um, yeah, they already had a coach. So, uh, but anyway, uh, they're, they're, they've made the last four for the first time in the, in the history of rugby league. So mm. um, even if they get beat, they've, they've done what no team, has oh, yeah. done before. I, I personally, I think they'll win, but... Um, yeah, if oh, they yeah. Can, they the can big turnaround from the shows they've come a long way from the start of the tournament when yeah. they faced England the first time because that was an absolute dust up. Um, what will go in their favour, despite the fact that there were um, two players put on report. Yeah, I was about um, to say that they've got a bit of luck. <laughs> Swaliti will be free to play now. We know that. I mean, I don't want to get on a. I don't, I don't want to, you know, make it make it a negative. And, and draw on it. We know that that's something that he's been working on in his game. I'll put it that way, uh, that lifting of the knees. He's, I, I think that's something that both the Samoan team and, and when he gets back to the Roosters, they'll be trying to work on, um, trying to limit because they, they need him on the field as much as possible, both those sides. The other interesting one was uh, Junior Bolo. He's free to play from my understanding now. He was suspended initially for raising right. the forearm and striking, I think it was for feet up. Yeah. Yep. But um, he's appealed to the World Cup's independent judiciary. Uh, he was successful, and um, he'll take his place in the Samoan side on Sunday. So that that's a big boost for them, considering um, there would have been a few few nervous people, given that um, given the fact that they were possibly going to be without Swaliti and Junior Bolo. Oh, look, I'm 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 happy for the game. But I think both players were incredibly fortunate. If that's an NRL game, you'd, you'd, you'd be calling for a week, wouldn't you? be calling for more than a week. <laughs> uh, there seems to be a different rule. Uh, it's, is any this... suspension is one week. You either get one is... week or you get off. Like, it's crazy, really. But... I mean, the conspiracy theorists will come out and say, is this a case of... And I'm not saying that you know you need to support this or deny this, but... Can you understand? This isn't my thoughts. I'm happy. I don't give a shit if they play. Might as well. Let's get the best players. But do you think, from the World Cup and the um, you know, the independent jury, uh, they're basically looking at going, look, if we're gonna have the most entertaining and the best possible game on Sunday, Samoa need these two. Let's let them play. I can't prove or disprove that, Graham. As I said, they both should have been suspended. But I'm happy that it's going to make for a better game. Yeah. 
I think I'm, if I'm an English supporter, I'd not be happy. So because realistically, they shouldn't be there, either one. Um, Swali is already been warned in the NRL for the knees up. It's yeah. dangerous. Shouldn't happen. And he's very, very lucky. Um, and then uh, we saw, you know, the elbow of uh, Junior Balo making contact with David Fafita. Very lucky man to be playing um, after he originally was suspended. I don't know what the grounds of the appeal were, but uh, good on him. Um, yeah, why not? You might as well try your luck. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, yeah so he's, he's appealed try. it and he's playing. Um, yeah. That is what is the worst that can happen. What, what, well, what, what do you have to lose? Get two yeah. weeks. I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, it, it's farcical, but uh, I'll be watching it. I'm glad they're going to both be playing because I, I think it adds to um, adds to the spectacle. But again, if I were an English supporter, I'd not think it right, particularly if the English get bundled out and Suali in Junior Barlow, as you would expect. If, if that does happen, you think they're going to be front and centre in uh, in what the the Samoans do uh, for success, yeah, yeah and, and we know um, the winner of that game will play the winner of the Kangaroos in New Zealand. One of our talking points throughout the um, well, even throughout the final series and then into the World Cup has been just what the best possible Kangaroos side will look like. Uh, we now know that uh, they've got a nineteen man squad that they've announced to take on New Zealand. Alphabetical uh, order, is it, Grant? It's in alphabetical order. I'm not even going to, you know, bother with the yeah. numbers. Yeah. But, yeah, they've named it in alphabetical order. So um, I know most of us rugby league fans over the next couple of hours will probably try to pen in what we think will be the 13 and then the seven, uh, the four players to make up the 17 on the bench. Um, but just quickly going through this, uh I, I won't labour the point, but we've got Addo Carr, Campbell Gillard, Carrigan, Cherry Evans, Cleary, Cotter, Crichton, uh, Fasuma Laawi, uh, Grant Holmes, Hunt, Martin, Mitchell, Munster, Murray, Tedesco, Chaboyevich, Whiten, Yo. Uh, that that's that's a very strong squad. Uh, we 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 pretty much know now, Griffo. I mean, a lot of the questions. I mean, for us, it wasn't much of a question, but they strung us along and made us think that it might be a possible question with the halves. I mean, obviously, it's going to be Munster and um, Cleary, and I I would imagine that um, looking at that squad, I I have a feeling that one of the players to miss out and going to be number eighteen or nineteen will be Daly Cherry Evans because I would expect so. I would, I, I I couldn't. Do they go with given that squad that you you you? I mean, I'm assuming you've seen the squad. I just read it out there, but I don't know if yeah, you got it in I front of you. Yeah, yeah have, so yeah. so just 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 looking at it there, would we imagine that Hunt and Grant, one of them is going to be the nine? Like you know, if we've got a Hunt at nine, is Grant in the you know number I think, fourteen? Yeah, I think they start. I think they do with what what the Maroons did. Um, and what they did in one or two of the early games. Ben on starts at, uh, at, at uh, Hooker. Uh, I was going to say nine, but of course, Josh had a Josh had a car's very nine. Yeah, he won't be Hooker. Um, but uh, Hunt to start, Harry Grant comes on when, uh, you know, all the uh, the aggro's gone out of the game and uh, 
and then the big Kiwi forwards are starting to tire a little bit, and that's when you throw Harry Grant in, and it just causes mayhem. Mm. So um, I've no doubt that's how they'll go. I think the other guy to miss out is likely to be um, Ruben Cotter. Yeah, I think I think Cotter will probably be the 18th man because he does cover all positions in the forwards. Um, but you know they could go with DCE. Uh, as 18th, but um, yeah, I think those two will be the guys to miss out unless there's some sort of late injury or something like that. Yeah, and that would that would provide the opportunity for... Um, I mean, I'm just sort of speculating here, but I think given from what we've seen, the back line there, I don't think there are any secrets given the players that have been named. There'll probably be Tedesco with Holmes and Addo Carr on the wings with Luttrell and Whiten in the centres, Munster and Cleary at the halves. Yeah, um, well that that was, you know, a number of weeks ago when we, we talked about this and I said that that's what I'd go with um, for the back line. And, and I, th- I think that's the best option. Um, even though some of the other guys did play really well, particularly I thought Campbell Graham was, uh, he, he was very good in the two two games he played. And that, yeah. that all was well for, for Souths. Um, Personally, I think his best is on the wing, Campbell Graham. He's a very good centre, but I think he's even better winger. Yeah, he played for the Kangaroos. Whether that fits into South squad, I don't know. But uh, I, I think he's, I think he's a very, very good winger. Um, obviously, Murray Tuolongi, he played well. Also, yeah, um, they all they all played well. Anyone who wore the green and gold, but they didn't yeah. come up against hot opposition. No. But I think fair. I think everyone because everyone got a game in the squad. I think it's yeah. fair to say that everyone who played showed that got they deserved to be picked and got a chance. Um, so just going through here, I'd imagine. Uh, I, I, I'm just wondering how you see this forward pack being named. Who starts? Who's on the bench? Not that it makes a massive difference. Um, do you think they go with at eight and ten? Is it a Campbell Gillard and a Jake Trebojevic? Um does Tino um, get that uh, starting spot? I think Tino starts against the big Kiwi boys. I, I start Over with, Jake. Yeah, I go with RCG and big Tino to start. That's yep. personally what I do. Um, yeah, I, I I go that way personally. What about you, Graham? Yeah, I, I, I feel like he'd be the, the better option. Campbell Gillard, I think, is a must to start. Um he missed the game last week because of injury. Yeah, yeah, but um, he was he was he was always going to slot straight in. Um, I know that Jake Trebojevic has been um, obviously been a possibility there. I, I mean, Tino, I think is the is the marquee forward there. I'd I'd even round out that forward pack then with Martin Murray and Yo. I think that's um, a very strong. Uh, I don't row. disagree, but I do think he'll go with what he did last week. I think we'll see. Uh, I think we'll see uh, Martin and Crichton, Crichton start, and he brought Cam Murray on. Played really well. Played him through the middle. Um, Gee, so he, he made their defense look a bit soft, <laughs> didn't well, he? And is, is that is that one of those situations? Is that one of the? He's one of the. He's in the top ten players in the NRL. And is that where it, where it shows when you've got the two best locks in the game in Yo and Murray? Is this is this a bit of a masterstroke from um, 
uh, from Mal Meninga instead of saying, oh, look, I've got to fit him in somewhere saying, hey, I can I can just bide my time and play them both through the middle at, at, at certain stages of the game yeah. and, and use them. Because they can also assist. I mean, uh, someone like Cam Murray, whilst he's not known for being a prop, he he, he can assist through the middle. Really and lock these yeah. days isn't that dissimilar. So Look, that's it. Yeah, and, and where is Cam Murray's best... Rugby league played through the middle. Middle, and and you even saw that at South Sydney when he'd play on an edge, it wasn't um, as successful. So, I mean, that that would then give us a bench that we'd be looking at this week. Of, um, well, are we assuming Hunt starts or Grant? Uh, Hunt. Think? We go Hunt. Yeah, I've got Hunt there. So I had for the bench here Grant. Then you'd have Murray, Trebojevic, Carrigan. That's yep. a that's a strong team. Strong team. And then, as I said, you've got your your DCE just in case there's an issue in the yeah, captain's room. I think it more likely. I'd be surprised if you're with Potter uh, because you're more likely to get an injury in the forwards. But, as the 18th man, yeah. Yeah, I, I just think Cotter. Um, and if you did have a half, I say one of the halves went down in the. Um, oh, you got Ben Hunt. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, you got White in there as well. The halves are, I think the halves are covered. Yeah, it's not a problem. Cam Murray, if need be, if you get a back goal down, you, you can play Murray at centre. So yeah, um, or Angus Crichton. More more likely Murray yeah. first, but yeah, uh, yeah. I I just, I just think uh, I think Cotter because he can play hooker. He can play prop. Could play back row if you need it. But either way, you don't expect your 18th man's going to get a start. But, no. um, DCE. Well, I mean, DCE. Uh, I've got to commend him. Um, unlikely, you know. You know for, I guess. For, I guess the team themselves have known for a few weeks that that Cleary was going to be the halfback, but DCE's still been in there. Everything he said has been positive. Um, and that, you know, that says a lot for the guy. Um, and it also says a lot for what Mal has done in developing uh, very much a, a close-knit team. And everything I've heard and read is that this team is very much together. Um, and, and we've had situations in the past where, you know, there's been a bit of a, a Blues and Maroons fracture sometimes within the green and gold and it seems as though that's not there which is good to hear the other thing obviously um you know people will be expecting us to comment on josh adokar uh he has been phenomenal this uh this world cup he's won a number of man of the match uh awards he's the top try scorer um i don't want to go down a you know, he should have played for New South Wales rabbit hole, so to speak. But I think we've got to give him a fair bit of credit. And it just shows that he is still... Um, he's, a, he's a premier winger in this comp. And when surrounded by players that, um, that you know, that share his his uh, level of talent, he just, he just really yeah. shines. I think he's been phenomenal. In this team, absolutely. Um... In the Blues team, where you had Tedesco at fullback, Brian Toto at wing, 
Latrell and Turbull, who all cart the ball back. You wanted something different. You wanted Josh Adokar. Hmm. I remember, and, and Brad Fittler's been criticised a lot, particularly when they lost oh, yeah. about the non-selection. Oh, right. But they didn't have Turbo and they didn't have Latrell. True. So he felt that he needed to pick a slightly different style of player. Pick Tupo. Tupo actually played very well. So I'm not going to be too critical. Um, but this is this is the Australian team. Adokar has been probably the best or arguably the best player in the side. Hmm. Um, and he's definitely got to be a candidate for player of the tournament, particularly if the Aussies go on and keep winning. Adokar has been brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, I did think about nominating him this week as the the Griffiths grab. Uh, ended up going in a different direction, but Josh Adokar, he is he's been phenomenal. Um, in particular, we saw something we don't see too often from him when he actually supported. I think it was uh, James Tedesco who made a break through the middle, and Adokar was there in the middle of the field. You don't normally see that. Um, he got five tries, but um, he's doing the job. Doing yeah. the job. And the thing is, too, I think it's fair to say when you look at his performance, it's been a great performance all around. Wingers don't get a lot of credit. You hear a lot of people who may not necessarily watch the game as closely as we do and don't fully understand the role of the winger go, oh, they just got to catch the ball and fall over the line. Blokes like Addo Carr and Johnston and these guys. The blokes in the mill do the work. They just grab the ball and fall over the line. I mean, there have been some absolute pieces of brilliance this tournament. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that try where um, Burton threw it through his legs and then Burton and then um, Adokar kicked it through. Um, I mean, I think they were playing Scotland that day, but that, that just it just shows the, the skill, the talent. It's no coincidence that he's on the end of these. I think he's in yep. great form, and I think if I'm a Absolutely. Bulldogs fan, I'm 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 spruiking about it. I'm talking it up to. Uh, I mates. think I think he'll be the captain, Graham. I think he should be their Bulldogs captain. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jackson. When you look at the um the personnel and the experience there for someone who's been involved in State of Origin, uh, yep. the Kangaroos on two comps, successful Storm. Melbourne Storm team. I think he's got the most experience out there. The only person out at Canterbury has got more experience is Phil Gould, and um, I don't know if he can be the the, uh, the captain. So, He'll try and be the coach, but he can't be the captain. So. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, are we? Ex- you mentioned there you're tipping Samoa. Are you expecting an Australian Samoa final? By the sounds of things, I want to see an Australian England final at Old Trafford in front of seventy five thousand. That'd be huge. But you think uh, Samoa might? That's get what them? I wanted. I think they. I think they can. Um, I know England have been outstanding and they, they put the cleaners through uh, PNG in the first half. Um, the game was over fairly early on uh, and it was expected it was going to be a reasonably close game, but they just blew them away. Um, I do believe uh, that Samoa can beat them be- if they play to the best of their ability. Because they're basically a side full of NRL players. There's a couple of guys from the Super League. Not quite sure whether Isaac Tungo is injured or not, but he's missed out uh, for Tim Lafay. Lafay's played okay. But um, 
Yeah, and they've they've got a couple of couple of guys from the that aren't playing NRL at the moment, but essentially you've got almost the Penrith back line and you've got guys in the forwards of the calibre of, of Junior Baolo, Josh Parley, Jaden Sewer. Um some pretty handy players there. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good game. Gonna be a good game. And then they've got point to prove. And I think they're playing the game in London at uh, Arsenal Stadium. Um, so hopefully they can get a lot of... Because um, in in the south of England, they don't really care too much for rugby league. Um, the only time that they sort of watch rugby league is is, is the FA Cup final. Oh, sorry, not the FA Cup final. Whatever they call their, um, their, their knockout competition. Um, but they always traditionally played that at Wembley. Um, I don't think it. You know, you, I think it used to be like the pinnacle almost uh, that competition, but now it's the very the super cup? challenge cup. That's what it's yeah. called. I think they may still play it in London, but you don't sort of hear about it like you used to when you had a lot of Aussie players who'd go over there in, in what used to be uh, our off season, the likes of Malmaninga, Brett Kenny, Peter Sterling, Paul Vorton, all these guys. Um, went over and played the off season, mm. and and you saw that Brett Kenny was was amazing with Wigan. Um, but uh, yeah, that used to be, and I guess a lot of the people filling up the Wembley would, had come down from the north. But uh, hopefully, they get good crowd at, at Arsenal Stadium. Yeah, it's a big uh, uh, Emirates big stadium. stadium. I think it's Emirates. Yep. Okay, yeah. So I've I've not been to that stadium, but I've gone past it in the train. Um, and it looks really impressive from the outside. Big ground. Um, you want to see it. You know, you don't want to see a lot of seats. You want to see a yeah. lot of bump seats. So I think I think you're looking at about a sixty thousand capacity okay. at Emirates, yeah. from what I understand but, from watching the. Yeah. So really, soccer. I guess to to make it look worthwhile, you probably need about forty thousand there. Um, uh, but yeah, from a World Cup. Um, Perspective. I want to see England win, and then we feel Old Trafford uh, mm-hmm. in Manchester, seventy-five thousand uh, against Australia. That'd be amazing. But um, I think Samoa might have have a bit of a say in that. Um, they're going to be. They, they got point to prove, really. Um, since they copped that pummel in the first game, they've they've been uh, at the top of their form and. As it's the only game they lost. Yeah. Mm. Luai and Milford were, were absolutely brilliant against the Tongans. Um, and that's, that's that they were that was the win of the game, the, the better performance of their six and seven. Mm. So uh, I'll, I'll be keen to watch. Um, who, who's your tip, Graham? I'm, I'm tipping England. Um, I think that I've been very impressed with the way England have played. I thought they've been playing really well. Oh, um, they have. Just on what you were saying before, I think uh, Isaac Tungo and uh, also Spencer Linu from the uh, information I'm seeing. Yeah, he missed both, last week as well. Both shoulder injuries. Oh, so they're yep. injured. Okay. Yep. So no, there's actually, um, yeah, I found a report here um, saying that there's no concern for Penrith fans. They're just little niggling injuries that are uh, keeping them out. I'm they're still out this week? Uh... Yeah, it's looking as though that their World Cup's done. Okay. Uh, that's oh, what they're reporting. They're, they're saying Len, that they're... Len they're, a weapon off the bench. He is. 
He is, and uh, I, I know the Penrith fan in you will look at that and say, well, you know, hopefully they, as long as they're right for Penrith, that's the way to go because they're important for for that team. Oh, I wish they were out there. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's one of those situations. But I think, I, I think, um, yeah, I'm looking at Australia England final, not not because of obviously the um, the pageantry and the uh, the spectacle that it will be, but I actually have been really impressed with the way that England have been playing. Uh, I, I don't know if I gave England enough credit going into the competition. I knew they'd be good. I certainly good. did not. But I didn't think they had as many points in them as we have seen. And in the games that they have played, and even that game against Samoa, the points just absolutely flowed. Yep. Um, they they put 10 tries on this Samoan team, and that was, uh, that was less than a month ago. I know Samoa's come a long way, but... Um, I, I just think that in attack they're looking very fluid. They've um they've, 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 they've been very very what's the word I'm looking for surprising in their strike. I think their strike has been very very supply, well, surprising. Yeah. And and depending on what they do with Samoa this week, young. the two young guys yeah. the they've been outstanding. Yeah, and I, I actually and so the other English no like the English base players have also been very good, but. Uh, I'm 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 more worried. I mean, I I feel as though I think it'll be an Australia England grand final. I think that'll be a belter. I think it's Australia. That's what that's what a lot of people want to see. Unless and you're I, a Samoan supporter, of course. Or yeah, Kiwi. Or Kiwi. And I I actually think uh, you know I'm going to sound like I'm you know being a, being a Kangaroos fan. I'm going to sound like I'm a bit cocky here. I think it's Australia's World Cup to lose. I think Australia, if they play to their potential and um. Yeah, the the squad they've got, the form they're in, the players they have available, um, everyone's fit. They've got players with form. They're playing as a unit. I think the first couple of games for Australia, whilst they were there was a few games there where they were, they were scoring a lot of points, but it felt a bit clunky, and it was almost like they were kids playing touch footy at lunchtime well, in the schoolyard and throwing it the around. Second half last week too, Graham. Yeah, so they were very clunky in the second half with no Tedesco. They'll want to tighten up, and and that's 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 a, that's a big out for them too. So I think with this, the way I describe Australia going into this New Zealand game, not not to not to say that New Zealand aren't, but when you look at that nineteen man squad, that's a that's a squad of professionals that should be able to get a job done, and I'm I'm actually pretty confident that that England can can get the job done against tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be, you know, ten tries to one like it was in no, the first round, but I don't think so either. I'm you know. I, I, Call the England tomorrow game. I'd be imagining, say, a 24-12 would be a, a scoreline that I can predict. But, um, yeah, England-Australia, my final. I hope I hope it turns out that. For the sake of the tournament played in England, because realistically, oh, if, it's, if it's, you know, if it's not England in the final, I don't think you're going to see too many people at the ground. Um, it'd be a bit embarrassing to have a World Cup final league about, you know, 10, 12,000 people there um, in, in a stadium that holds, you know, five times that amount, really. So, but I think if England make it, I think, you you know, I don't know if they'll fill it because it's a big stadium, but um, I think, you know, you, you'd have a massive crowd there and, um, yeah, that'd be great. Great for the game in England and uh, around the world. Got a hypothetical for you, and this is the flip side of what I've just predicted. 
I know in England and the crowd wise and all that may not be as um, uh, yeah, as big a spectacle and create as much attention, but in you know you know back here in the southern hemisphere, a New Zealand Samoa final, um, that that could be a big game. That would be, it would be a big game. I, I don't see it happening, but. Um, and you're talking about a combined population of about five million. And oh, no. <laughs> about four point nine 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 of them love their football. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's the difference, though, yeah. I think. But um, yeah, I mean, we haven't talked. I, I haven't seen a New Zealand squad yet. I mean, I know that. I don't know if it's as much, you know, um, smoke and mirrors around the New Zealand rugby league squad, but I, I think credit where credit's due. There, Australia's coming up against a. Um, a good team. I mean, this is going to be a really tough challenge for for the Kangaroos. As a, as a Australian, I mean, we we just saw the other day, as we said, New Zealand get past Fiji in a in a close one. Who for you would you say is the key player that that concerns you from New Zealand? I think I know who you're going to say, but who 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 are uh, if you had well, to pick one or two? Think okay, if I pick one. Joey Manu. Yeah, that's who I thought you'd I say. pick two okay. is Joey Manu and Jerome Hughes. Yeah, they're, they're the players I was thinking of exactly. Yeah. And, and and it all really relies around them. And they've got some really good talent. A player that I've talked a lot about throughout this year and even last year on the podcast is um, Ronaldo Molotalo. He's been very I, good. I think very he's good. a great footballer. The um, Queenslander. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Look, but yeah, I mean, geez, far out. We could go through the Samoan team and pick out all the New South Welshmen as well. But, um, oh, you know, but like I say that because he was denied the, the, the jersey, the Queensland oh, jersey. He was, he was in. Oh, and that's then right. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was that's bizarre, why he's wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because they're a tier one team, of course. Sorry. Yeah. That was, I didn't think of that. Yeah, that was that was anyway. Because he was he was ready to go. He was going to play for the That's Maroons, right. and then just before the game, almost not long before the kickoff, said, "Sorry, Ronaldo, you're actually uh, there was a piece of paper here that says you're actually a keeper." Yeah, and because that out. was there was something really bizarre yeah. about that. It was one of those stupid things where yeah. I remember you had to be in the state before you were thirteen. Yeah, and, I think it was last year, when he was like yeah, twenty twenty one. Not we talked about year. it on here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it Poor was, bugger, he was uh, shattered. It was that's yeah, because he was basically in the team, and it was something stupid yeah. like he um he came to Australia when he was fourteen, and the rules are you have to be thirteen when you arrive yeah, yeah, to play. Was, was, yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway. So, um, so he will never represent. That's the, right. Yeah. The Maroons, but he that. is now officially a Kiwi, and uh, he looks pretty happy. He's scoring a lot of tries. He's playing really well. Mm. Um, and he's a quality finisher, Mulitalo. Fit dude. Jeez. A... Yeah, he's, he's good. He's an athlete. He's a bit, bit of a loose unit on the field. Off the field, he's, he's just an amazing guy. He does a lot, a lot of work for, for kids. Mm. You know, um, some of the stuff I've seen, so impressed by what the quality of human he is. But on the field, he's... You know, when you, your team's playing him, he's always in the niggle. He's always yeah. something going on. But, yeah, he, really um, good guy off the field and uh, good luck to him. 
Yeah, I think I said the story on the podcast when the, the, the semi-finals this year when the Rabbitohs played the Sharks and we were actually sitting in the front row and the Sharks were warming up in front of us. And I think it was just to suss out the atmosphere and give the fans a bit of bit of excitement. He walks, he jogs straight over to the fence and puts one arm on the fence and he starts doing his leg swings and starts chatting to, yeah, yeah chat to myself and my brother and, you know... We had a bit of a chat to him. He gave us a fist pump and, you know, we wished him luck. He wished us luck and, you know, gave gave up during the warm-up, gave up about, you know, a minute of his time yeah. to have a chat and, you know, to, to engage with the crowd. And I think he's one of those blokes that understands that um, the job doesn't start and finish when the whistle uh, blows at the start and the end of the game. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah so credit there. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, they're another team. I mean, we haven't talked too much about them. Their forward pack, obviously, Fisher Harris. Um, well, their forward pack is amazing. There's some great players there. Lot, lot Smith of good judges, and a lot of good judges say their forward pack's better than ours, and you, and you can you can build the case and for say that. the argument. But I I think the Australian forward pack will hold them, um, and I think the Australians have got a better back line. Yeah. Well, the only thing really left to do, Griffo, is watch the games on the weekend and look can't, forward can't to the wait. final. Really looking forward to both games. They're going to be absolute belters, and I think that'll just to be just about be us for this week. We've covered it all. We've done pretty good to be able to talk this much footy uh, in mid-November. Um, we hope that you all get up early and watch the footy on the weekend and um, enjoy the World Cup. Have fun. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. See you guys. Preview the final next week.